the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You are listening to the Advanced Colorado Rundown, Colorado's conservative podcast, providing insight and thought-provoking discussions on Colorado's most critical policy issues. Let's join Michael Fields for today's edition. Welcome to another edition of the Advanced Colorado Rundown. My name is George Brockler. This is Michael Fields. Hey, and this is Paul Lundin. I, I'm hey! just sliding myself in here. You guys have got to put up with me now. Senator Paul Lundin from, would you describe for listeners, and I can't believe anybody doesn't know who you are and where you're from, but just tell us. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that. I am um, somebody serving the Colorado State Senate. There's 35 members in the state Senate. I love serving all the people of Colorado, but I get elected by the people of the 9th Senate District, which is the northwest corner of El Paso County, the northwest corner of Colorado Springs. So the Black Forest, I live in Monument, kind of right in the edge of the Black Forest. But uh, it's, it is um, a very beautiful section of Colorado. Everybody knows that that's been down here. The Air Force Academy is kind of ground zero central um, point in my district. And what do you do for us in the state Senate? Well, I try to make government smaller and people freer. And let me tell you, that is not easy to do when you got a (laughs) 3D trifecta going on. Um, This I tell you, the hallmark of what we've been doing this session is the the Senate Republican Caucus put together a, a gathering of what we call agenda bills. It's the commitment to Colorado. And it's it's a uh, the definition of what we would do as Republicans, if we were in charge, it's a bills. There's 14 different bills that would drive affordability um, into the kitchen tables and the pocketbooks and the budgets of the people of Colorado, 14 bills that we brought in to do that 10 bills that would give parents more authority over their child's education and and a half a dozen bills that would improve public safety. Um, All told with the Republicans in the house and the Senate, we brought 44 different bills. But I tell you what, it's frustrating. Um, the Democrats have been putting the brakes on. They've killed eight of our 14 affordability bills. Um, they've killed six of our 10 education bills. And they've killed three of our six public safety bills. And let me, I've got one. If, if I could take a minute to talk about it. I've yeah, got yeah, one please do. Please public do. safety bill that is still alive. It's Senate Bill 67. And it's designed to provide grants, and I would almost call them micro grants because it's a pretty small program without raising taxes, spend two and a half million dollars providing it through the post board. That's the training board for law enforcement um, grants to provide crisis intervention training. This is one of those circumstances where a law enforcement officer is encountering an individual, uh, you know, a person who has constitutional rights, a civilian, if you will, and the situation may have the potential to go bad. And the bill is to provide training so law enforcement officers know how to best interact and and best manage a circumstance of that nature. Crisis intervention training is what it's called. And quite frankly, it's still alive. 
um, have been able to convince the Democrats, uh, some of whom, quite frankly, some of my Democrat colleagues were mad about the bill because they thought any money for law enforcement was bad money. And we were exactly. And but we were able to convince them this is money that is beneficial for not only law enforcement, but for the people of Colorado, nobody wants to find themselves in a circumstance that's going to spin out of control. This provides the opportunity to make sure we do the best we can with that. And it's a small example of how Republicans are going to get hopefully one win on public safety. But basically, the Democrats have been knocking all of our public safety, affordability and parent choice over education bills down. So, boy, that was more of an introduction than you wanted. But no, no, that's great. what we're doing in the state Senate. Of the affordability ones, and I know that this is something that was key at the top of the governor's list, and at least by word, the other side of the legislature is this affordability piece. Are there any affordability bills left from this uh, promise to Colorado? We've got uh, exactly five left and that are still under consideration. Um, the, the, the reality is um, they've, they've knocked off, they've, they've killed eight of them, but the five that are left are we've got Senate Bill 66, which quite frankly is we've got all of these billions of dollars in ARPA money, this federal money that's flowing in. We have basically three and a half billion dollars of extra federal money that has flowed in from the, the COVID dollars. Um, and one of the places Republicans would like to spend some of that money, a billion dollars of it, frankly, is paying down the unemployment insurance trust fund because we're a billion dollars in debt in the unemployment insurance trust fund. And people say, well, that sounds esoteric. But the reality is every business in Colorado will have to raise their prices in order to pay back in and replenish that unemployment insurance trust fund. So it's a tax, essentially a hidden tax on the people. Republicans are saying, use a billion dollars of the money that the federal government is printing out of thin air, quite frankly. Yeah, right and pay down that unemployment insurance trust fund. And so we would use federal dollars for unemployment insurance. That's one that's still alive. Um, One one quick question about that. How much of that, Senator Lundin, is impacted by the apparently run amok fraud that has taken place with unemployment? Yeah, the the estimate is $150 million worth of fraud. So 15% of that billion dollar debt we have, 15% of that was created by fraud. Well, we know that the AG's office has aggressively pursued like 10 of those cases. So hopefully that'll close the gap. I, Senator, I, what else? Well, I tell you what, it, I think they just threw their hands up. Uh, Michael, were you trying to jump in there? Yeah, Senator, um, you know, it, it seemed before session started, you know, both Republicans and Democrats came out with the same list of things they were going to focus on. Obviously, they are shutting down uh, and killing a lot of the good Republican, I think, common sense bills. What do you see in these last, uh, you know, home stretch of, of, of session? What, what are the Democrats going to bring forward that might not be a good, good policy to be passing? Yeah, they, they've got a long list of things that they're bringing. And, and it was kind of funny before the session you know, Republicans, we've been talking for years about making life more affordable in Colorado, making sure parents have control over their child's education and, and keeping our public safety, you know, right. making our neighborhoods less dangerous. Democrats, because they realize, oh, my gosh. It's an election year. It's, it's an even-numbered year. We've got, like, they started talking like Republicans. But the reality is when they talk about public safety and then they bring a bill, their bill says we need to have more light bulbs and, and more lights on the streets. And, and that's their idea of public safety. Republicans are actually about funding law enforcement, giving law enforcement training, you know, better, 
more more cops, more well-trained cops on the street. But for here's here's one that is really, um, I think, a, a, a meaningful threat. It's Senate Bill 153, which is um, a an effort by the Democrats to consolidate the power over elections into the Secretary of State's office. And, and they ran this hard. Um, we were able to get a couple of amendments on the bill where it was clearly unconstitutional. It was taking away the right of county election officials to basically have free speech. We were able to get some amendments on that. But that's an example. The place where, uh, Michael, to your, your question, where I think we're going to see, and we've been told there's still some bills yet to come. We've got 40 days left. And they're still hiding the ball on um, a number of what, what I would describe as climate justice bills, bills where they're going to make it more expensive for all of us um, because they define all of us as polluters. If, if you get on your bicycle and ride to Walmart to buy something and you take that something that you bought home on your bicycle, you're still a polluter because whatever you bought at Walmart has an element of pollution in it based on the way the Democrats are now defining pollution and the need for um, reduction of greenhouse gases and control of global climate change by virtue of policy in Colorado. Don't ask me how we fix the whole climate with law in Colorado, but the Democrats are pushing forward on that. Um, Senate Bill 138 um, would take away your gas-powered lawnmower, your gas-powered leaf floor. They, they want to get rid of those post-haste. But part of me wants to not have to mow the lawn. So if they're willing to step in and keep me Fair from having to spend Sunday. Doing it, <laughs> Fair enough. You, need, you just need to get one of those hand push mowers, George, so that. Or you, scissors. You, the that kids one, yeah. with the little scissor. You know. It's a, a full employment uh, act. You just get a lot of people out there with scissors. That's how you're going to mow your yard on that Sunday afternoon. So unbelievable. Uh, and I'm sorry if I cut you off on some of those other bills. No, well, there, there's a, you know, an incredible list. They've got 138, which is the, the greenhouse gas bill. Um, the reality is the net effect of the policy in pursuit of air quality controls in what they call the non-attainment zones. These are the zones where the ambient air, if, if you took all economic activity out of the area, we still would be out of attainment. They're trying to, you know, they're running bills to try and bring that within attainment. It's financial or it's um, mathematically impossible to do so well uh, and i'm thinking about what this you know these kind of policies do to inflation you know the fact that uh, at least in the denver metro area we are higher than the national average you know we have gas prices up grocery prices are are extremely high so it seems like an interesting time for them to be bringing uh, some of this legislation forward but there's another bill that i wanted to to ask you about that just got introduced uh and it's uh you know crime related but it's fentanyl and yeah. uh you know the fact that there was a bill that was passed back in 2019 uh, that really decriminalized or lessened the uh, the sentence for, uh, you know, fentanyl possession. And so I wanted to kind of get a little bit of history from you on that and then maybe where that bill sits right now. Yeah, in 1983, um, I think, if I got the number right, they all run together this time of year. But it's a bill that decriminalized um, small amounts of various type, type 1, type 2 drugs. The reality is it decriminalized enough fentanyl to kill a village. Um, I opposed the bill at the time. I went to the sponsors at the time, and I said, I, I don't think this does what you think it's going to do. Um, I am a defender of everyone's constitutional rights. I believe that is where we should start all of our conversations. But when you've got something that, as a practical matter, makes legal for personal possession enough of a controlled substance to kill 
you know, a thousand people, not exaggerating. That clearly is not uh, intended for personal use. And so that's a bad bill. Um, it, it, it's in the law books now. And so there is an effort to clean up specifically this fentanyl problem. The, the challenge is there's a, a tug and pull and there's a desire to, um, by some, some elements, quite frankly, the Democrat caucus, to not um, criminalize uh, something that in my mind would be for no purpose other than to distribute. I mean, the, if it's for distribution, drug pushing is by definition, and you've got a DA on the line with us here. George can talk chapter and verse about this, but the reality is it's clearly not for personal use. And therefore we need to lower the bar on that. We need to actually criminalize some element um, enough drugs to kill a, a, a small village, as I said before. There was one other thing that I was hoping to talk with you about regarding what's going on under the Gold Dome and as the budget makes its way across. And mm -hmm. I know you are a huge proponent of education, both in reform and funding and liberty and all that. What are we to expect from the budget as it makes its way around the Gold Dome related to education? Yeah, well, the, let me start with the big framing on the budget. Um, so I've been in um, the legislature now for um, eight years. This is my eighth session. And every single year of those eight years, the Colorado state budget, both the general fund budget and the aggregate budget, the total, total budget, has grown dramatically faster than the real economy, small business budgets, and the people's household budgets. Government is growing faster than the economy of Colorado is growing. And, and it, it's more so this session in this budget than, than any of the eight budgets I've seen. I've generally voted against the budget because I don't believe government should be growing faster than the real economy. It just doesn't make sense. It's a drag on them, therefore on the real economy. Um, a piece of the, the budget that I will fight for and I have fought for, I, I brought Senate Bill 39 which would have paid off what they call the budget stabilization factor. I believe that one of the key fundamental priorities of state government should be to provide for public education. I think, quite frankly, the $14 billion government enterprise that provides that service is doing a less than adequate job. And so I would like to add a lot more flexibility into the system. And so this bill that we brought, Senate Bill 39, would have paid off what they call the budget stabilization factor. It's an accounting sophistry um, that was created back during the Great Recession. But we said, here's the deal. Without raising taxes, here's another $700 million toward the $14 billion enterprise um, without raising taxes to go into teachers' paychecks. Because I believe that an enthusiastic student, engaged parents, and exceptional teachers are the key to actually having a better system than we currently have. Democrats killed it because also in the bill it said, of the $700 million, we want to spend almost 10% of that for what were called HOPE um, education scholarships to give parents and children who the public system is not working for in its current form the ability to find a different choice find a different pathway for that child. And that's one thing that parents learned during the pandemic is one, they saw up close and personal how public education was working or not working for their child. And they saw that they as parents could come up with better solutions for their child's education. And therefore we need to provide and give them more flexibility of how they can educate their child. And quite frankly, if it is a 
a societal choice that we want an educated populace and therefore we're willing to spend taxpayer dollars for that, we should give the parents greater authority in how that's done so the child gets the best possible outcome. Well, Senator Paul, indeed, we could talk with you for hours, but we promised you we would not. I know Michael's probably got 10 or 12 more questions, but I'm going to cut him off early just so that we can save the rest of your Friday. But I hope we can get you back on here as we progress towards the end of this to see where some of those commitment to Colorado bills ended up and how we did with the budget. Yeah, absolutely. would love to do that. 45 bills in total. Um, and boy, they're, the Democrats are being hard on them. I mean, the reality is if you, if you want an affordable Colorado, you want control over your child's education, or you want your late neighbor to be less dangerous, I'm afraid my colleagues on the other side of the aisle are not being helpful. Well, it's a, to live in a, a crime-free environment is a point of privilege, I suppose. So I just, I would like that for me. <laughs> so I know, I know Colorado would too. Uh, Senator Lundin, thank you. Michael? I appreciate you uh, doing this. Excellent. Well, my pleasure. <laughs> hey, uh, have a great say, weekend. You too. Hey, if you like what you're hearing, uh, go to your local podcasting platform. The one that I use is Google, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, and all the millions of others out there. Download it, subscribe to it, share it with your listener base, with your friends, with your family, and let's get this thing going. You've been listening to the Advanced Colorado Rundown, brought to you by Advanced Colorado, the conservative thought leader, driving dialogue and solutions to Colorado's most critical policy issues. Find them at advancecolorado.org. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.